Welcome to In Every Season podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're interviewing Dio Fashioner and he talks about how he met his late wife, how they managed their relationship long distance for three years and how her rock solid faith was prevalent throughout her battle with cancer. Through this interview, Dio shows how they held on to God's goodness and trusted him in this time the more. You'll enjoy listening to this one. Hi Dio, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. I've been bother. Thank and how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us today on In Every Season podcast. Um, for our listeners, could you please introduce yourself? My name is Dio Fashino. Hmm? And yeah, and um, I, um, I'm a scientist by profession. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm a very interesting person. <laughs> if, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are your hobbies? What are the things that you like to do in your spare time? Well, I um, I like reading uh, op-eds. Okay. I like uh, um, reading about politics. Okay. I um, I love watching football. Okay. And, what, um, what, team bit, what team do you support? What team do you support? Manchester United. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Um... So your background, Nigerian, obviously. Um, yes. Okay. I was um, I was born in Nigeria. Okay. I, I lived in Nigeria for um, about um, 31 years. Okay. And um, left Nigeria uh, for three years, returned. Um, I, re- I left Nigeria to do a PhD. Okay. And um, after my PhD, returned back to Nigeria. Okay. And yeah, I stayed in Nigeria for another year and moved uh, to the UK to join my wife in um, December 2015. Okay, all right. Yeah. So can you tell us more about um, how you met your then wife? Yeah, so I, um, how was I then? I was, okay, it was uh, my first year of PhD. Okay. And um, an old friend um sent me a message to say, um, Dio, do you have a girlfriend? And I said, <laughs> no, not yet. I said, not yet. And she was like, well, what are your specs? And I was like, specs, what do you mean? And she was like, yeah, specs, people will look out for us and to get married someday will mm-hmm. have some spec in mind and all that. Of course. And I said, well, the only spec I have is, does a person love God? Mm. And she was like, is that all? I said, yes. I was like, well, I think I think this person loves God, and um, you might like her. Okay. And um, she said, okay, can I give her your Skype ID and mm-hmm. also um, ask her to give you us? And I was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that was it. Wow. From Skype to calls. Yeah, it was long distance, but okay. yeah, it was good. So how long were you doing the long distance thing? So, um, well, uh, that was um, between 2012 and um, 2015. Oh, wow. So three years? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, 
Yeah, I only saw, I started dating in um, 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, I only saw her in January 2014. Oh, wow. For the first time. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> Oh wow! Yes, amazing. Yeah. So then, yeah. after after that, how soon? How soon after that did you guys get married? And so we got married about um, a year after in two thousand and fifteen. Okay. okay. Yes, and um, so I had returned back to Nigeria, mm-hmm. and um, she she was a resident in the UK. So okay. after we got married, I. Um, I moved to join her um, in December of 2015. Okay. Yeah, in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of, like, your wedding, did you guys have, like, a really big wedding or a small wedding? Well, uh, big, small is relative, depending on uh, people <laughs> it is. who are involved. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for me, I just invited a couple of friends. Okay. So... But um, yeah, you know, in um, being from a Yoruba culture, mm-hmm. it's um, the woman's um, family mm-hmm. that um, does the wedding. Yes, of course. So to say, so um, even if uh, you, as the husband or, or the uh, bridegroom, mm-hmm. wants a small um, party, yeah, it's not really your call no, because it's um, not. yeah. They would, um, yeah, they sway in that regard. <laughs> they do, yeah. they do. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just the the groom's um, the groom's responsibility to turn up, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Okay, all right, great. And then, so that brings us up to you guys being married. So, how long were you married for? And then so, start to tell us about your journey into. Um, widowhood and you know you become yeah. a widower so um, we're married for a year plus okay yeah a year a year and about um, four or five months okay yeah before she passed okay um, she, she she died from um, cancer okay wow and um so, all the while, okay, when okay, when we um, started the relationship, mm-hmm. a couple of months into the relationship, mm-hmm. she um, went for a um, just general checkup yeah. from the office. Okay, and um, they found a lump. Okay, in a um, breast. Mm-hmm. And um, it was removed. Mm-hmm. Um, she had chemo and all that. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, she she went into remission. Okay. Was still on drugs and all that. Mm-hmm. And the midst of that, she was saying, ah, uh, "You should really show you want this relationship." I'm like, um, uh, "Well, if I." Um, didn't want this relationship. I won't. Um, I won't have asked you out in the first place. Yeah. And she was like, "Now yeah. I have cancer." I said, "Yes, you have cancer, but it's not." Um, we've also seen people who've had um, cancer, mm-hmm. and um, 
they've come through. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah, I would, um, I'll be with you through this. Yeah. If I, if you were to be my sister, yeah, would I, um, would I run away? Mm. I would have to be there for you. So mm. irrespective of what, I would definitely be there with you through this. Mm. So um, the first time I saw her in 2014, mm-hmm. she had just finished. Um, the last bit of uh, um, chemotherapy. Okay. And, um, yeah, she was like, do, do I still like, I definitely like, do respective mm. of uh, cancer and all that. So, so um, she was fine afterwards. Mm-hmm. She kept going for tests. Um, so I just, um, I, the practically didn't see so much. Okay. But, um, yeah. And um, in... 2015, we decided to get married. Okay. And a couple of months into a um, wedding, the, um, the cancer came back, mm. and uh, she had to go into um, to do uh, chemotherapy again. Okay. And uh, after chemotherapy, she was okay, and suddenly she fell ill again. Oh wow! It was from that illness that she passed. Oh my word. Yeah. Yeah. So this period was it a long like was it a long period or was it quite short? Was it drawn out over a number of so months? So it was between um the sixth of October through the eleventh of November. So it was about five weeks. Oh my word. Yes. And um yeah. Could you see life deteriorate within a short um time? Mm. Yeah. yeah and like did you did towards the end was it a case that you knew that you know or the doctors were saying you know this is only going to end one way and then yeah. I'm sure you know as Christians you know we'll obviously be praying and there is yeah. hope so you know tell me how that felt in okay. that moment so um it was such that I was um, when it all started. It was it was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I was at work, and um, I was working up in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in London, and she um, calls me to say um, the doctors um, uh, say I should show up mm-hmm. at um, the clinic and all that. I'm like, okay. And she was like, ah, you don't have to come. Like, no. Let me speak to um, the person I report to, mm-hmm. and I'll be on my way into London. Okay. So I left Bamea, met her at the hospital, mm-hmm. and um, they were like, okay, um, they have to keep her at the hospital and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to stay away from work for a couple of, what, like two weeks okay. or so. Okay. I kept um, telling the guys uh, because um, they kept doing tests and they didn't um, really find anything. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was such that I haven't stayed away from work for about two weeks. Yeah. My dad came in from Nigeria. Okay. And um, to stay with her. Mm-hmm. So what happened was um, I would go to work on a Monday, mm-hmm. 
return on a Wednesday into London to see her. Okay. Call her every morning. Yeah. Uh, because at some point she had moved into the ICU. Okay. Yeah, call her every morning or call the nurse in the ICU every morning to, to speak with her, her or mm -hmm. the nurse. And um, return back to Birmingham on Thursday. Hmm. Return back to um, London on Friday right. evening. Mm -hmm. uh, stay till late night on Friday, the whole weekend, be at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Go to work on Monday morning. And um, yeah, so it was... Um, at some point, the doctors were like, we tried all we could. Hmm. And um, prepare for eventuality. Hmm. It was a Friday. I just returned from work, hmm. the 4th of November. Hmm. And um, I just um, sent my boss a message on um, on Saturday to say, I wouldn't be, um, I would have to stay with my wife till God knows when. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it was um, a journey of um, prayers, hope, hmm. against hope, hoping that um, the doctors. Um, they had gotten to the end of themselves mm -hmm. and it was a good point for God to just say, God, they have tried all they can. Yeah. You you know all things. Mm -hmm. You may as well step in, mm -hmm. even though we've been praying all through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she died a week after the doctors said um, she was going to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So because that was the last time she spoke, the day the doctors said... Um, yeah, um, they had tried all they could. Yeah, wow. so she wasn't to come come after that. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. Oh my word! So, yeah. so then, um, when she passed away, what did yeah. the early stages of widowhood look like? Because, um, <sighs> with myself, my husband died suddenly in a car accident. So it was like, okay, I'll oh, see so, you. Sorry yeah thank you it's like okay i'll see you again then you don't see that person again yeah, but in your yeah. case it's different you see yes. the person deteriorating and they're telling yeah. me this but i also understand even though you're seeing this and people are telling you this you know when it actually happens i'm sure yeah. it's still a shock to the system um so what did the early stages feel like and and how did you get through it emotionally and practically okay um because for the um for a chunk of the time that she was in the hospital mm -hmm. i um i was there yeah and um at some point when she was in the icu um i would come in every day go back home and all that mm -hmm. and um the journey from home to the hospital mm -hmm. was always a long journey. Mm. It wasn't... The journey should uh, probably about 30, 45 minutes on the, uh, um, in, uh, in the underground. Yeah. But you would... Most, um, most of those days, I would just be playing um, songs, worship songs, and just as in 
praying in my heart and hoping that she would come through this. Yeah. And um, days when she, at some point, yeah, she was on um, morphine and all that, meaning she would drift into sleep and all that. So Mm -hmm. at such moments, I'll probably go out, sit down, stay in, start staring into the um, sky mm-hmm. or reading and just I believe those moments as much as I was open I had started grieving mm-hmm. because of as in seeing your loved one in pain mm-hmm. and you couldn't do much or you couldn't just do anything yeah. so it was it was a lot of as in pain, grieving at that point to say, I wish I could do more than I am currently doing. Mm. Yeah. So when she passed, I was there with her mom. Mm-hmm. And um, her dad came in afterwards. Mm-hmm. But before he came in, I was already crying. And the mom was like, why are you crying and all that? I'm mm. like, ah. truth is, this is painful and um, the easiest way to express this is just to just cry and just say, God, you you give and you take it away. Mm. Yeah. So at that point, it was, um, it was a lot of crying and all that. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, it was, um, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me. The reality didn't dawn on me until I returned back to work. Mm. And um, it was at that point I realized that the calls will never come in again. Mm. Going to, as in, after work, I know that in yeah. the morning, I know I'll definitely get a call from her or I'll give her a call. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I knew that that call will never come again, mm. will never come in again. Mm-hmm. So those moments, I would cry, or days I would, as in, Several days going to work, crying, because I was, as in, work from home was just a walking distance. Okay. So it was just a lot of crying, just um, reminiscing and just looking back mm-hmm. at the times we shared together, mm-hmm. just as in keeping the memories alive and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, the level of support I got from the church and friends was second to none. Wow. Because um, I could recall um, calling um, one of the pastors in church after she had passed, Mm -hmm. and she said she would come. Mm. And she came with um, someone else that we knew. Yeah. And... um, the senior pastor was not even in London. The guy came into the London that, that same day, came into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, all the arrangements with regards to a funeral and all that, yeah. the guy did the arrangement. Wow. So it wasn't, they took the burden off as you have to start planning, you yes. have to know. Yeah. He did all of that. Wow. So regards to planning for memorial, planning for uh, every other thing 
the funeral. He did it. Wow. That's amazing. So, so there was no burden on me to start saying, I have to do that, this, mm-hmm. do that, no. Mm-hmm. And um, it was also a time where you would, as in, people, as in, they came, showed, as in, expressed the love in ways I had never seen before. And I and that I will never forget from that experience. It was the love they showed that brought me through that period. Mm. They were there in um, in in more ways than I can ever think of. Mm. Yeah, they were really there for me, mm. and it really helped me through that season. Mm. Yeah, mm. and um, on days when you recall as in the times you shared together yeah. you would probably go through text messages whatsapp mm-hmm. skype messages mm-hmm. emails just mm-hmm. as in just to catch a glimpse of the moment yeah. we shared together yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and um in that season too i read a book titled um when your family is lost a loved one it's okay. a fantastic book Okay, what's it called? When your family when your family's lost a, a loved one, mm-hmm. and um, was it, it's a it's a it's a simple book that um, the guy, the lady, and the um, um, it was a, it was written by a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. They had lost two children. Okay, wow, and. Um, to the same type of illness. Hmm. And uh, they began to interview people, speak with people who had also lost loved ones. Okay. And they began to ask them questions, how they felt, hmm. what were the things that helped them in that period. Hmm. And... Um, that book really helped me, really. It really helped me. What did you take away from that book? Like, what was the biggest thing that really, or the biggest things that you really took away from that book? The very first thing I took was, it's okay to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to cry. Because um, they'll tell you as in, you're a man, mm. you shouldn't cry, blah, mm. blah, blah, and all mm. that. And um, I realized that, say, express the emotion, express it. Mm. It doesn't kill. Mm. It doesn't kill. Mm. And the second thing is, in that season of grieving, it's easy to be offended by Mm. what people say. Mm. Words that would probably not offend you on a normal day. Yeah might offend you in that season. Yeah. So it's a a season where you need to guard your heart Mm. and not allow words to, um, to fly over you. Mm. Although, uh, yeah, just as as when people say stuff. Yeah. Don't, as in, don't take it to heart. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and the other thing is, it's okay to um even though you've um gone through a um 
a situation as losing a loved one, yeah. you might not have the right words to say to someone who has also lost a loved one. Mm, that's because the way you handle the situation might be different from the way the other person would handle that same situation. Yeah, because everybody's different, right? Everybody's yes. approach is different. So I'd rather sit down and be quiet. Mm. With, the, some, with someone who is grieving yeah. and begin to say words mm-hmm. that would probably cause more damage to the person in mm-hmm. the name of encouraging the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a time for that as well, I find, because I yes. remember at, for me at the initial stages, a lot of my friends just sat with me, my family, they just sat with me. They'll be looking yeah. at me, I'll be looking at them, we'll be crying, we'll just, there's silence, not talking about yes. anything. And if we yes. do talk about anything, it's maybe about something else. And yeah. then, you know, the encouragement comes later when you're ready to hear it. But in the yeah. initial stages, you can't hear anything. Like everything no, everybody no. is saying is just like, what? How can this person be saying this <laughs> yes. at this time? Yes. So I think, you know, if people have... Um, you know, somebody who's lost a loved one, it's easy to say, okay, let me encourage them with words. But at the initial stages, it's just the comfort. They just need to know that they have somebody, they have support there. And then later, as they start to get better, then the encouragement will come in and that's when they'll be able to hear you clearly. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. It's... um... And another thing I also um, learned from that book is that grieving is a process. Mm. It's not as in there will be days, years after that, your mind will still go back to the, your lo- um, your loved one. Yeah. And um, at that point, it's just an opportunity to also just open up to God and say, um continue to um comfort and strengthen me in this season mm. yeah because mm. it 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 um it doesn't stop like that no yeah it's a process yeah it's a process yeah yeah it's a process it's something i think you know they say that it's it's with you but obviously you're yeah. initially when something like that happens the grief is the thing that takes over your whole yeah. life and then as time goes by, other things start to come into play. The grief is still mm. there. It's the same size. Mm, but yeah. other things are there, um, you know, as a distraction or you're doing yeah. other things. So it's not as um, prevalent that, that, you know, that's yeah. the only thing there. But it is a process. And it's not... Yeah. Everybody's timing is so different as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. people process things so, so differently. Yeah. yeah. There's no... There's no benchmark because, no. you know, I, I remember and I still do sometimes feeling overwhelmed with that fact, yeah. knowing that, wait, this is not going to stop. Like, yeah. I could be 70 and, you know, I could still think about something, yeah. like you said, yeah. and cry, be moved to cry yeah. because yeah. It, it doesn't stop. But I know yeah. um, that it does feel different. It doesn't feel as raw as in the initial stages as time goes by. Um, Yeah, and the emotions, they're still there, but it it, it definitely changes over time. It feels Mm. a little bit different. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. And then in terms of your relationship 
with God? Like, yeah. what was that like? What were your feelings? Were you angry? Okay. Were you hurt? And how did you navigate through those? Well, I um, I think um, in the whole process, I um, one of the things we had told one another while she was still here mm-hmm. was that irrespective of what, God is good mm. and all he does is good. Mm. So in the midst of the pain, in the midst of all she was going through, mm-hmm. we never looked to God to say, God, why this? Mm. We just kept saying to ourselves that, God, we know you are good mm. and all you do is good. Mm. And um, what that did for us was there was just that reassurance that God was there with us mm. in all of the things we went through. Mm. It was it was very comforting to just come to that place where you know that God, I know you are with me yeah. in the midst of all of this. Mm. And one of the things I did in that period of um, even while she was in the ICU mm-hmm. was whenever I leave her at the hospital and I go home to sleep because I probably leave, get home at 11 at night mm-hmm. and all that to mm-hmm. sleep, I switch off my phone mm-hmm. and somebody will say, what if there's an emergency? Why would you switch off your phone? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the truth is what doesn't happen in the course of the day? would not happen at night. Hmm. That's what I kept telling them. I'd say, if I trusted God enough to go see her mm-hmm. in the course of the day, she yeah. wouldn't die at night. Wow. So the next morning, switch on my phone, call her or call um, the nurse mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, on the day she died, we're all there. Wow. So, even just going on the train, going home, is enough to just say, God, I've left her with you. Yeah. I'll meet her again tomorrow morning. Mm. It was a journey of trust, too. Mm. That do I trust God enough to leave her in God's hand and go and come back and still meet her in one piece? Wow. Or go to Birmingham for to work and come back and they tell you that she died in the morning. Mm. That would have been painful. Mm. But... It was a journey of trust too. So in the midst of all that happened, it deepened my relationship with God because I, um, irrespective of what one goes through, mm-hmm. it's very clear to me that if we pay attention enough, mm-hmm. God is there with us in the midst of all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, once that is clear, in the midst of one's weeping, one's mourning, grieving, and all that, yeah. you will be comforted mm. because you are not in it alone. Mm. That was very clear to me throughout the whole journey. Mm. Even now, when people ask me questions to say, how am I doing? 
I'm, 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 I'm doing well because the truth is I won't lay any blame at the feet of God. Mm, wow. I won't lay any blame because the truth is she lived a life that was such that she lived a life in a haste. She did so many things within a very short while that mm. you would say, it's as if she knew she was going to go early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we compiled, she used to write a devotion now. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the time we did a compilation of the devotional, yeah. it had three volumes. Wow. And in all, it was over a thousand pages. Wow. Yes. And she did it in only in a few years. Wow. Yeah. So you see, and it was in those years where she had the cancer. Wow. She did most of the work. The last post she wrote, she wrote it from her hospital bed. Wow. So you, so you now get to that point where you say to yourself, why would I begrudge God? Even mm. when the person involved she acknowledges and worships God in the mm. midst of all that she's going through. How mm. much more? Mm. Mm. Me that I'm supporting her. Wow. Yeah. That is so true. That's that's inspiring, actually. It just it shows how rooted your faith was in God, um, you and your late wife, and how God was the center. And I just love it when you said, you know, that in everything, God is good. So we're looking at a situation, and it doesn't look good. I'm sure for yeah. your wife, it doesn't feel good. For you watching her in that pain, the family, it doesn't feel good. But we're still acknowledging the truth of the matter is which is God is good in yeah. everything, which is, yeah. which is amazing because, you know, it's, it's so easy to, to blame God or feel angry yeah. or say, ah, oh, yeah. you know, why this and that? And, you know, I, I think for me, I definitely had those moments, but then I, I, I thought back and I remembered on past things and I said, yeah. okay, if I said God was good here, so how can I say God is not good now god doesn't change he's the same so he's either good or he's not good and if i've used my mouth before to say and proclaim and in my joy say that god is good yeah he must still be good even though it doesn't feel like it's good even though it doesn't look like it but there's goodness in it so yeah i love that that's that's amazing so for newly widowed people or for those that have lost loved ones um what would you what advice would you give to them in the initial days and months or even the people supporting them well i i think um for people who um are supporting people who have lost a loved one, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, don't be in a haste to say words mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Just, um, if it's not needful, don't say it. Mm-hmm. Just keep quiet. Mm-hmm. And, um, all the person might need is just, uh, it could just be a hug, mm-hmm. could just be you sitting down there, mm-hmm. 
could just be you playing some music mm -hmm. that would um, encourage them. Mm -hmm. And um, only if God puts a specific word in your heart, mm. that's when I would say declare it to them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just as in, just keep silent. Mm. And um, for people who are newlyweds and all that, Mm -hmm. I um I believe that um God is still in the business of helping people mm. irrespective of what happens to them in the course of their journey. Mm. And um I think it's pertinent to ask difficult questions mm -hmm. as in with regards to um, life from mm -hmm. one another. Yeah. I recall um, my wife asking me a question, my late wife asking me a question. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was at the point where um, the cancer had come back and mm -hmm. we had just returned from the hospital. Okay. And she said, there was the essence of all this sickness, of all these troubles and all that. Mm. I said, I may not understand or know all things. I said, but one thing I know is this. That scripture in Hebrews 12 that talks about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I said, in all of life's journeys, God expects that we continually look unto him. Mm. And every other thing that would make us not look at Christ is a distraction. Mm. Be it sickness, be it wealth, be it anything that we can lay our hands on yeah. that would make us shift our gaze mm -hmm. From looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, is mm -hmm. a distraction. Mm -hmm. I said, so as we go through life, as we go through pressures, as we go through sickness, as things happen to us, that shouldn't leave our mind. Mm -hmm. That irrespective of what, help me to keep looking at you. Help mm -hmm. me to keep focusing on you. Mm -hmm to draw strength from you. Otherwise, you will just focus on the minor. Mm -hmm. And when we are meant to focus on God, who knows and can do all things. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that is so good. So, so good. Yeah. That's good advice. Okay. Um, and then for you yourself, do you yeah. are you called on to use your experience to help others? Um, yeah. Because of, you know, what you've gone through and your view on it. <laughs> well, I guess now you're being called on to help me. <laughs> well, it's, if there's anything I've learned in the midst of all of this, the fact that it puts you in a position to be able to reach out to people mm -hmm. who have also lost loved ones. Mm, yeah. I, um, I recall... Um, I think a few months after my uh, late wife passed, mm -hmm. I've had opportunities of encouraging people that um, 
they've had lo- lost loved ones, yeah. lo- their loved ones are going through cancer and all that. Mm-hmm. People open up to you because they know that you've been through it. And it's just a privilege mm. to be able to speak to them, encourage them, yeah. share words mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if I, had, if, if I had not gone through such a thing, yeah. I wouldn't have had the opportunity no. to be able to reach out to those people. Mm-hmm. I recall recently speaking to someone. He, um, so a friend of mine passed in December. Okay. And I just mm-hmm. reached out to her husband a few times. The mm-hmm. guy never knew I had lost my wife. Mm. So recently, just um, I think a month or two ago, I reached out to him and we got talking and um, I shared my experience. I was like, wow, I never knew you went to I'm like, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. it's only if, as in, if there's a need to share, mm-hmm. that's when I tell you this. Mm-hmm. I tell people that, but there's, if there's no point, why, why, why would I have to share? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, it's, um, it's a privilege, really, to um, see that door open, to be able to reach out to people who are going through things or yeah. who have also lost loved ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's amazing that you think of it in, in, in that way, that it is a privilege. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it, it gives you um, a different level of empathy. You can yeah. feel the pain because you've been in a similar place. Like, yes, yeah. One thing I know from listening to various people's stories is that there's no person's story that you can't say, Oh, I can identify one thing, similarity. There's always some sort of thing that you say, okay, I know how that felt at that moment. Or even though the the story is completely different, there's something that, you know, you, the pain or the loss, or there's something that connects you with that person. And I guess if you haven't felt it, um, you don't know really. And when you have felt it, it gives you a different level of, of empathy to be able to speak to that person and encourage them. Because one thing that helps me is, you know, when I listen to people like you who have been in the same situation as me, so lost as spouse, and, you know, you say when people ask you how you are, you're good. That's encouraging to me because I feel like, okay, so, you know, I'll be good. There'll be a time that I will be good. Um so it so it is is very encouraging for me. So thank you so much for sharing. So the last question I have for you okay. is: so what are your hopes from the future? I heard that you are recently remarried. Yes. Um, yeah. Can about, you talk um, to us about that? About eight weeks Con- ago. <gasps> Congratulations! Right. Thank Congratulations! You very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, like, um, how, like, the process into that. So, usually when um, you lose a spouse, um, at the beginning, you're probably not thinking of remarriage and all of those. But um, did did God have to work on your heart in order for you to be able to open yourself up? Or what was your process in, in that? Well, initially, it was just um, about God just um, comfort me, just mm. um, strengthen me in the midst of all of this. Mm-hmm. I um, 
I wasn't fixated on whether I was going to get married or not, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was like, well, if it happens, good. If it doesn't, it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not life-threatening. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah, I wasn't, um, my mind wasn't made up as to whether a, a, a year or a nay, no. Mm-hmm. No, I was just like, well, I was just as in, let me go through this and just as in, when my heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. yes, I can think about a relationship and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then how did you meet your current wife? <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's fine. So um, my late wife's um, best friend. Mm-hmm. We got chatting one day. Okay. And she said, um, can we talk about women? I was like, <laughs> like, nah. like, you know, I don't have that kind of discussions. And uh, she was like, ah, please no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll listen to you. And she said, um, she think um, she sent someone that might like blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because prior to that, I um, an old friend just showed up in the midst of my grief and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, she began to show interest. Mm-hmm. And um, fine, things didn't work out. I was just like, well, let me just, uh, let me just keep guarding my heart. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So when she came up talking about, can we talk about women? I was just like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> So when she um, she was like, okay, can I do the introduction? I said, no. <laughs> and she should give me the person's number. Okay. And if I feel up to it, I'll reach out to the person. Okay. And um, I sent the person a message on WhatsApp. So what what was your what was your initial thought process going in like so when you said you'll send a message if you feel up to it yeah. so did you have some back and forth feelings like should I shouldn't I or did you just kind of thought let me yeah, just I had, try definitely yeah. <laughs> I had back and forth thinking I um, because one thing about me is the fact that if I go into something I go fully into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I won't commit, I won't even commit at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I looked at it and I was like, should I reach out to this person? Should I not? Mm-hmm. After a while, I felt, okay, let me reach out to her. Mm-hmm. And I did. And um, she was responsive. Mm-hmm. And we got chatting, mm-hmm. got talking. And um, yeah, I liked that. And that was it. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's 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 good news. And um yeah. I guess it's an encouragement that, you know, there's there's still life. You know, not everybody's story yeah. ends in, you know, remarriage, but there's yeah. still life after loss. And yeah. um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank um, you, Abimba, for I... the um, invite. <laughs> no problem. Um, we've gotten so much wisdom from you, really. Um, you know, there's there's so much for the listeners to probably take away, and even myself. You know, I've taken notes down, and there's there's a lot of things that I can take away from it. So, 
it's it's going to be helpful for if not just me but I know many others so I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today thank you this interview with Dial was so so interesting I learned a lot one of the first things I learned is that it's okay to cry and it's okay to be quiet and um, You know, often we want to say something when someone is going through a season of hardship, but sometimes all we just need is to be there. So that was so, so good to know. The second thing is that God is still good. I loved it when he said he wasn't laying any blame at the feet of God. I mean, that's just powerful. Another thing I thought was so, so interesting was when he was speaking to his late wife he mentioned distractions that you know be it sickness or trials and tribulations there are things in life that come as a distraction to shift our gaze from looking to God looking to Jesus and they will always be there in life and that is so so true the last thing I really took away was the way that he said it was a privilege to encourage others and that's with his story and that's with his testimony and that's with his experience he found it to be a privilege to encourage others it's so so good and that's another reason why this podcast was created to encourage others that are going through a hard time so I hope it is encouraging I hope um, you've learned something from it um, feel free to go onto my Instagram page at Made Wonderful and comment below. Um, you know, mention anything that you really thought was helpful and share with your friends. Get the word out there. Once again, thank you for listening to In Every Season podcast. We'll speak soon.